I'm comedian, writer, and filmmaker Chuck Staten from the punk band Senior Discount. And I'm writer and comedian Brad Rohr from the Providence Improv Guild. And this is the Chuck and Brad Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 450 of the Chuck and Brad Podcast. I'm Chuck. I'm Brad. We were just talking about uh, deceased wrestler Test, right? That's correct. Yes. What's up with so you know? And, and we're not going to go. This is this is this is uh, the episode two of two of our 2019 Brammies and Chammies, the best of 2019. Uh, today we're going to talk about uh, music, live events, books, podcasts, and our personal lives. Best and you know. The best stuff for the year. Um, but before we get into that, by the way, Jeannie, uh, my girlfriend Gina is here. Gina, uh, Swiss, our baby dog, is crying. Do you think you could uh, take her outside to pee? <laughs> You're making me seem like a bad mother. No, you just, I'm just saying this. Yeah, Swiss is crying. He wants to go up the stairs to see Jordan. So our dog, Swiss, if you've been listening to the podcast, Gina and I have a dog named Swiss Miss. She lives at our house with myself, Gina, and uh, our roommate, Jordan. And uh, Swiss got spayed last Thursday. Okay. So she's been dealing with her spay, which is like an incision in her stomach. It's actually really short. It's like an inch and a half. Um, I personally, we went to the Potter League in Warwick, Rhode Island. I think they did a great, great job. And then when we got her back, she, for two days, she just kind of like, she was like drowsy. She had some pain medication and she cuddled up on the couch, she cuddled up in the chair and she's been trying to be like close to us, but she's very hormonal and it says online like we were looking up everything and it's like oh yeah they're gonna get hormonal it said uh dogs might get this thing where they feel like they just gave birth and so they have this instinct to nest and take care of puppies right so what she's been doing is she has these you know toys that we call her babies and one of them was like the one we got when we first got her which is this pink dragon it was her first toy we have like a blue stegosaurus um uh, like an alley cat uh, a, um, and like a a beer can and she gathers like them a up. a plush beer can. A plush beer can. Yeah. And she gathers them up and she puts them all together with her blanket and she like curls up in a ball like with them, like touching them. And now she'll grab one in the middle of the day or at night and she'll just hold it and bring it over to you and wag her tail. And be like, oh, hey baby, how you doing? And she'll just cry and cry and cry with it in her, in her mouth. So I'll take it from her and I'll pet it and I'll pretend it's a baby. And she seems happy with that. And she wags her tail, but she just wants to basically go upstairs in our, in our bed, which is where she loves to be and nest with those toys. Um, and just kind of cuddle up with them and protect them to the point where twice in a row at like two in the morning, she woke up in bed when Gina was upstairs sleeping with Swiss and I was downstairs editing and Swiss would start crying in the bed and Gina didn't know why. She took her downstairs and Swiss was missing one of the babies. Wow. And she'd go find it and bring it back upstairs in the bed and go back to sleep. And so she's extra hormonal. So like she cries more when she's alone. She cries when we leave a room um, and she gets upset more easily, I guess. And just now she was crying. I thought she had to go out, but apparently she just wanted to be with Gina upstairs. That's correct. Um, so we're dealing with that and it's going fine. I mean, the, the turnaround time is 10 days and right now it's been six four 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 because it's tuesday yeah. right okay it's, no five because it was yeah. thursday or friday right. saturday sunday monday tuesday is five right um and uh 
So yeah, next Sunday will be ten. But she she's doing great. And do you know how I knew you were taking her to get spayed at the Potter League in Warwick? Uh, this is because I checked her GPS collar. Is it true? No, of course it's not true. I just <laughs> I wanted to say. get a plug in for our good friends at uh, Gibby. Gibby. Gibby, the, the GPS collar maker. Yeah, they sent us a GPS collar for Swiss. So if she ever gets lost, God forbid, we can find her. And we appreciate that collar every day. And you see it on her every day. Yes, she's I do. always wearing it. Yeah. Um, Anyway, before we get into the Bram Champs, uh, Tess, the wrestler. Yes. I, I, he was part of the Attitude Era, which right. was like, I'd say, 95 to what, 2000? Uh, yeah, 2001, I think. And uh, he kind of had like no personality, just a very tall man. Yeah. Why did he... So So he was a tall guy, very little personality. Uh, his character in the WF was that he was... Um, engaged to Stephanie McMahon right. and Triple H stole her away and he married her against her will while she was unconscious but then it turns out she actually wasn't unconscious she was in on it and she was a bad guy too and Tess was a good guy and they tried to you know have a feud with Tess is that right? right? Yeah. And Tess would do uh, he was tall but he was kind of boring he would do a big boot as a move. That's correct yes. And then he died young. Yes. How young? Uh, probably in his 40s. Why did he die? He seemed pretty fit. And, uh, I mean, he's a tall guy. I know that tall people like giants die. Big show think, will die. I don't die. think he was necessarily a giant. Size. You know, the giant in my giant. Yes. Dead. I can hear your phone buzzing. Oh, um, he's, he's, he's long dead. Ah, cause of death. Drug overdose. Oh, it wasn't giganticism. Nope. Do you think that you will die of giganticism? It's unlikely. You know what's interesting? You are more likely to die of a drug overdose than giganticism. Wow. Isn't that weird? Thought of it. <laughs> Uh, for a straight edge guy yeah but but it's true you're just not a giant you're gonna face the fact someday oh my god a giant (laughs) fell on brad (laughs) why'd he fall why'd he fall oh his giganticism um no so uh, it's just gigantism by the way it's not giganticism i i don't think there's an extra ic in there well you're gigantic can we agree on that yep (laughs) giantism giant giant giantism i i I think giant Hang on, I have Google open, so... All right, GI. I have a problem with my GI tract. Is that part of... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. Um, but Test, what's the deal with him? He was so boring, he had little to him, and then he just passed away. And no um, one remembers him. I mean, we remember him. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do here. Is it just he, was, <laughs> he was part of... Uh, when, when Trish Stratus, probably my favorite uh, female wrestler yes. of all time, when she debuted, she was the manager of a tag team of uh, Test and a wrestler named Albert, and it was <laughs> TNA. <laughs> That's right, TNA. Uh, oh, that is funny. Yes. Wasn't there the, the, the Tory Invitational Tournament, the TIT? Uh, it was Terry Invitational Terry, Tournament. Terry, yes. yeah, yeah. Yeah, poor Test. What was, what was Test's deal? Did he have any sort of personality traits or not really? Not really exhibited in the ring. I'm sure outside the ring he had a personality. Yeah, I don't probably. know. It's arguable. Um, but like, what was his character? Uh, he was tall. That was it. Yeah, that's a good trait, though. I mean, in wrestling, that's a pretty good trait. Yeah. His worst traits to have. Then again, you die from giganticism, like Tess did. Nope. Gigantism oh. and our, drug overdose. Our dog is, is crying again for reasons. Oh, she's holding a, her alley cat baby and crying now. Oh, wow. So, are you okay, babe? Oh, poor baby. Um. Anyway, this, this episode is uh, part two of our Brammies and Chammies, like we said. So we're going to get into, I think, uh, music and live events first. Yes. Um, but before we do that, let's some, do some Chuck and Brad updates. Brad, what do you got going on? Friday night, January 17th, I am at the Providence Improv Guild 
uh, doing some improv with my group Baby Birdmouth. Uh, we do a Spokane. It's been a lot of fun so far. Uh, $5, 8 p.m. You can get more information at improvpig.com. Friday, January 24th, I am at Wage House Comedy Theater in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, <clears throat> doing a short-form show with the group State Champs. And uh, tickets are 10 bucks. They have a bar there. And you can get more information at wagehouse.com. But uh, always a good time with State Champs and uh, also with Pig. So good stuff as far as that goes. Nice. Um, what, uh, what articles are you writing? What, uh, what stuff you got going on, Chuck? Yeah, I'm not really sure uh, if I have any articles coming out right now. I'm trying to think. I'm doing a new review. I just I did a review of a great place in Bristol called The Statesman. That's right. coming out soon, but I don't think it's out yet. Um, but uh, I am working on the new, the new Tell Him Steve Day video, um, Tattletales, episode two. It's a throwback to like oh. a 70s game show. Yes. Finishing that this week for release next week. So that'll be up next Tuesday. And uh, on, uh, let's see, Sunday, January 26th, Brad and I will be hosting R.I. Food Fight's 8th Annual Spectacular Cookie Smackdown at the Waterfire Art Center at 1 p.m. Sunday, January 26th. I already said that, but sometimes I say things twice. That's all right. And, uh, you know, it's going to be bringing together the best bakers in the state of Rhode Island to compete for best cookie. And this is such a fun event that we do every year. Um Come out. If you like cookies, if you like baking, if you like uh, good food and good fun, uh, come on out. Go to RIFoodFights.com to buy tickets or follow RIFoodFights on Instagram at RIFoodFights. But let's get into the meat of this podcast, Brad. Yes. It's the Brams and the Chams. Yes. Part two of our awards episode celebrating things we loved in the calendar year 2019 or yes. the year between last year's uh, Grammys and, Grammys and, and, and currently. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, last week's episode covered uh, movies, video games, and some other stuff uh, that I don't remember. Uh, but this week we're going to look at uh, music and live events. Uh, we're going to look at podcasts. We're going to look at books and we're going to look at personal stuff. That's right. And uh, Swiss Miss, we had to pause a few times because Swiss Miss was making a lot of squeaky noises and crying and stuff because she's doing her, her you know, going through her nesting. And I put all of her babies, you know, her stuffed animals on the chair and her blanket. And I just went over there to grab a lozenge and she is sitting there with her head buried in the, in the babies. So she has calmed down, I guess. Good. But yeah, let's get, let's get right into it, man. Let's get into music and live events. First all thing. Right. Music. Uh, so first uh, category in the 2019 Brammies and Chammies, uh, favorite stadium concert, Chuck Staten, what you got? I have WrestleMania. This year, uh, Gina, Gina, for Christmas last year, bought us tickets to go see WrestleMania 2019. I don't know which one it was. It was in New Jersey, though. And because we go to New Jersey often, it was a kind of an easy thing for us. We went, uh, we were in like a historically bad public transportation incident. Yes. When we were at WrestleMania, it was reported on all over the country. <laughs> but the WrestleMania event itself was thrilling. We had a great time. Um, really, really fun. The, you know, the jets flying over and the Hulk Hogan thing. And it was just a lot of fun. Um, Colin Jost and Michael Che were in the in the rumble. Um, it was crazy. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it was a lot of fun. We had a good time. Even afterwards, we were stranded at WrestleMania um, for how many hours, Gene, were we there? We were probably straight until like four in the morning, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It was bad. We and, and it was, 
Yeah, we didn't get back to our hotel till five, and it was like pouring rain. You we made, were soaking. You made new friends that day. I we did make that. some new friends, yeah. good guys that we still, you know, tag each other here and there on Facebook. That's funny. And uh, it was a lot of fun, very memorable, right, Gene? Are we ever gonna forget that? No. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Gina was almost frightened because it was just masses of people. Yeah, she was crying. All people that were like pissed off, like angry. Like they, we were like huddled in like a like a like a transport like a sky bridge almost right. that goes to the ground and the security was like get out of the sky bridge you have to get out of there you have to go back into the rain and there were like people holding babies and stuff and I was just trying to joke I will say if there's ever a time in my life where I was like zen and got over some kind of physical discomfort to just be okay that was that's gonna be the number one night right because I just tuned it out. Remember in Street Fighter, the movie, when E. Honda is getting whipped uh-huh, and then yeah. he's just fine and he's like, you know, t- 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 you know, biting his fingernails and no right. one gives a shit. And then the people that are whipping him just give up and walk away. And someone says like, how do you do that? And he's like, sumo, you know, pain is in the body. Sumo mind is stronger than the body. You can get away from your body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I felt like E. Honda. Oh, okay. And then I slapped this guy. I, got, <laughs> I had to have slapped him a thousand times in 10 seconds. <laughs> Will people get that joke? I think so. I think so. Yeah, I, I think if I think that's the right way to go with that joke because you know, the the follow would be like then I stood back from him and leaned back for two seconds and then just dove forward. <laughs> oh, headbutt! What does he stomach. say when he does that headbutt? I, I don't know. I know that you can, but um, yeah. So WrestleMania was my favorite and most memorable experience, even though there was a lot of man. Gina was upset. The other guy that we were with was upset. Oh God, that was rough. I feel like at one point I said something really awkward and everyone got more pissed at me. Didn't I say something awkward and everyone was mad? Oh. Uh, oh, yeah. I kept saying it was like Titanic because <laughs> we were so wet and cold. And, and like I'd be like, ah, it's kind of, you're going to feel like people like on Titanic because it's all masses of people. We don't yeah. know what we're going to do. And then I was like saying Titanic quotes and stuff like that because <laughs> we had just watched Titanic. Yes. Um, runner up for me. The Blink-182 Enem of the State Anniversary ah, that's Tour. my favorite stadium concert. We all the, went to that, and then yeah. uh, it was Brad's birthday. Yes. Gina made us bootleg pit tickets, and it got us all down to the pit, which was crazy. Yes. Um, and, you know, it's one of my favorite and most influential albums, so that was a great time, too. Yeah, uh, so Blink was my favorite stadium concert. Um, as Chuck started to talk about before we had to take a Swiss-related pause, uh, Gina managed to finagle us uh, pit tickets, there's some question as to the legitimacy of said pit tickets, but the point is uh, we were in the pit and we got to see Blink uh, near the front and uh, really enjoy the whole show. Yeah, it was great. So it was, uh, it was a really fun, positive experience. A lot of great people that we knew there that night and uh, just a, a sense of togetherness that kind of went with the whole evening. Yeah, I agree. Um, it was great. All right, favorite venue concert. Uh, I said the Lonely Island, which we saw by the water in Boston. I always forget the name of the actual venue. I consider that a stadium concert. Well, a venue, I, venue is like uh, the Met or like something small, right? Well, um, the runner-up was the Interrupters <laughs> at Big Night Live oh, in yeah. Boston. Yeah. My favorite venue concert was uh, the Against Me discography shows. They were great. Yeah, they were incredible. Um, and it was cool to see them do those albums. Um, all right, coolest live event. Um for me, it was Lonely Island. Yeah, that's fine. It was it was just too uh, eclectic in terms of like, oh, this is comedy, but it's really good music. It's weird. I've never seen something so energetic. Like we've seen other, you know, comedic musicians yes. or musical comedians, 
Um, Both of them. um, I just feel like the Lonely Island show was like a super energetic show that was also funny. And the combination of those two things was almost like it was it was honestly it was like it was an experience I've never had before. Yeah. The feeling that I have of euphoria at that show for me was ridiculous. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, They just put on such a great show. Yeah. Um, You know, they played the songs people wanted to hear. They had so many like great little running jokes. Yeah. Uh, that really appeal to the comedy nerd. In yeah. Me. And yeah. It's like, Oh, they sang a song I recognize. So yeah, there's the Alf stuff. Yes. Crazy. My runner up for coolest live event was, uh, when we hosted the pick it up, uh, Scott documentary premiere in Brooklyn. Yes. And it was also Scott Kloppenstein's or Steen. Um, Stone. Scott, Scott. That's, <laughs> no, it's no. The, we, we saw the Flintstones version. It's Steen. We saw it? the bedrock version. Is it Steen? It's Kloppenstein. I don't know. Uh, we saw I, I said Stein. It was a uh, really class. Okay. I'm going to say Stein. Um, well, I'm it, not saying I'm right. It was pick it up. Scott documentary premiere screening in, in Brooklyn. That was also Scott Klopfenstein's solo album release show where we got to interview him and Cooley ranks on stage. Um, even if we weren't involved in the show, it would have just been awesome to see those two things together. Yes, absolutely. You know, the Brooklyn premiere of the movie as well as his solo album release show. Favorite comedy song. What do you got? I cheated, and I said the entire Bash Brothers album by The Lonely Island. Yeah, they're going to sweep it for me. Yeah, you can't pick just one track. They're going to sweep it for me. I said Uniform On, but I kind of just picked it at random. The whole thing is just the the unauthorized Bash Brothers experience is the name of the the album as well as the special on Netflix uh, from The Lonely Island, and it's just, it swept my comedy everything this year. Yeah. So... Yeah, same thing here. Stand-up album. Uh, for me, I just put the Bash Brothers special. Yep. It was just too good. Yep. Uh, you know, because I think of that as different. I already did my favorite special, which was Dan Soder. Right. Um, on the, on the uh, Movies and TV episode. Uh, stand-up comedian. I actually put uh, Joe List and Mark Norman. I put Joe List because we saw him, but I would, I would agree. Joe List and Mark Norman. Yeah, so because, you know, and, and this is going to come up in the podcast part of the podcast. Uh, the podcast's the best podcast of 2019 section of this episode of the podcast. Um, I got into a podcast called Tuesdays with stories this year. Um, and it's about Joe list and Mark Norman living in New York and kind of climbing the ladder of uh, stand up comedy. Um, and, you know, joining forces with huge stand up comics and playing with huge stand up comics, you know, um, it's given me an insight to that world that I think is like very rare. And I think it's like an incredible gift that, that podcast. Um, and not only did we feel like, you know, like all this podcast is so honest and they're both, they're both so honest on it about this, this world of stand up and comedy, but also, you know, Joe came on our podcast. We got to talk to him about it directly. We got to see him at the connection and like that week, Mark, um, Jerry Seinfeld mentioned him on television. So I'm like, Oh Joe, don't forget to, to retweet our podcast. And he's like, I'll share your, I'll share the podcast episode. I'm like, cool. And then like the same day that happened to Mark. And so it just completely buried our episode with Joe. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the same community of the year. Yeah. Joe listened to Mark Norman for just like showing you the behind the scenes work of it and the real, um, grinding it out and repetitiveness and how difficult it is and how amazing it is and all right. that stuff for me. Yeah. I'm with you. Uh, best moment slash surprise. I didn't put anything for best moment slash surprise, uh, in terms of like live events and stuff. 
I put um, us doing getting to do Bradley Drawn Clerks live with Brian O'Halloran playing Dante Hicks. That certainly was a surprise. Yeah, that was great. Especially yeah. on the day of when 90 minutes before we didn't know if we were going to do it. That's so. why I thought it was a surprise. That's great. <laughs> Even though we spent all week writing it. All right, favorite rock single of the year. Uh, I put America, You're Freaking Me Out by the Menzingers. Interesting. Uh, this was a year, and, and this will come up throughout my music awards. Me too. I didn't really get into a lot of music. A lot of my favorite bands released new music that I just didn't connect with. Really? And I wish I had. Really we, interesting. Weezer released their Black mm-hmm. album that yeah. uh, just didn't land with me. Yeah. I didn't love the new Blink album. Right. The Menzingers album did take me a while to get into, but I got into it. Same with the new Frank Turner album. Yeah. And uh, it was just a year. And, and part of it was just my general attitude towards the year. In our year in review podcast two episodes ago, mm-hmm. uh, I talked about the grime on my glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that kind of affected how I interacted with music particularly as I take in much of the music I listen to in my office at work. Mm -hmm. And it's very rare that I am in a positive mindset Mm -hmm. and also um, can devote a serious amount of my attention to absorbing the new music. Right. Um, So the hope is that some of that stuff changes for 2020 and I can get back to loving music, Mm -hmm. not only by bands I, I know and appreciate, but also by new bands. So favorite rock single, a song I really enjoy that speaks to our political climate uh, is America, You're Freaking Me Out by the Menzingers. Mine was uh, Panic at the Disco, High Hopes. Great song. And I had a similar disconnect this year with music uh, more than ever before. And without getting too far into it, I think part of my band, Senior Discount, getting signed to Paper and Plastic Records last summer. Yep. And the lack of kind of support in response to that right. from the label, from people, um, from uh, like booking agents and other bands and the stuff. Whenever we tried to do anything, it just seemed impossible. I think it soured me a little bit and just made me sad about music. Ah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's been really weird. Um, but also, I feel like... Um, like I love music. I love writing music. I love writing music with, with, with my band and I love playing shows with my band, but that's been so increasingly difficult over the past, however many years that I do think that repels me a little bit. It makes me sad to think about it. When I hear a good song, I, I, I immediately want to write a good song. You know, that's what happens yeah. when I hear a good song. Um, but also I just think that the way that I'm spending my time now, which is like working so much. And I know I've talked about this a lot in the podcast, but so much of my free time, my chuck time, is dominated with work that I just don't have a lot of time to enjoy the things I used to enjoy alone. Yeah. So I don't play guitar anymore by myself. Right. You know, uh, my life is basically like I make plans with my friends here and there. I make, you know, we, me and Gina both specifically make sure we spend time with our families and, and then we make time for our relationship. And then it, to me, it's just like my entire life is work and responsibilities. Right. So it's really hard to me to do the things I used to do, like reading, uh, playing video games and uh, playing guitar by myself, which is I used to do a lot more. Yeah. Um, and I think that some of that affected my music listening as well. Yeah. And I got sense. more into podcasts. Right. You know, I think that that transition is kind of happening naturally for me and has been happening for the past couple of years. My <clears throat> music time and all that stuff has turned more into comedy, film, podcast stuff. So my my music stuff is a little thin this year as well. But let's continue. Favorite sad song? Uh, Silent Key by Frank Turner. Actually, I, I think he released it several years ago. <clears throat> the album he put out this year, No Man's Land, was a collection of songs 
inspired by and or about women. Uh, and this song, Silent Key, is about Krista McAuliffe, uh, the teacher who tragically died in the uh, Challenger disaster. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I'm sure there are musical terms as to why it feels sadder than other songs. Perhaps it's in a minor key. I'm not, not really uh, savvy enough to know that. Uh, but it is a heartbreaking song that I like if I'm singing along with it in my car, I will get choked up when I sing along with it. I hear you, buddy. Uh, for me, it was Mike Herrera with his cover of the song No Cigar. Oh, yeah. Really, really good. I yeah. love that. Uh, I don't have a favorite hip-hop single, which is our next category. I also do not have a favorite hip-hop single for the third year in a row. Wow, damn. Uh, Next category, favorite single. Mine was uh, Taylor Swift featuring Brendan Urie, me, with a runner-up of uh, Ava Max's Sweet But Psycho. Do you know that song? I do not. I think if I played it for you, I think you'd be like, oh, that sounds familiar to me. Do you like me? Do you know me? Yeah, yeah. I I like this song a lot. And it's in a billion commercials as well. Oh, I remember, yeah, when when it came out, I'm like, oh, it's a catchy song. Yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah. Uh, My favorite single, this is where I put High Hopes by Panic at the Disco. Oh, yeah, there you go. Makes sense. It it made its way on there. Favorite song of the year. Can you guess my favorite song? I bet you might be able to if you really, you know what? If you had time to think about it, you would. I don't know if you will right now. I won't right now. There was a day where you and I actually we we it was the day that you and I interviewed. Oh, of course, Get Down Goblin by Jan Terry. <laughs> we interviewed Joe List. What do we do after that? Oh man! Come on, you can do this. Hang if, on. if so I can remember, we, you can we remember. We talked to him at the Regency Hotel, mm-hmm. our Regency Plaza Apartments, in in a, a room mm-hmm. that they let us use for literally no reason. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know what else we. I know we did something else that day. I looked at it last week. We went to. Remember. The Sandwich Hut in Providence and got delicious sandwiches. Yes. And I showed you the song Work From Home by Fifth Harmony. And I played it a thousand times. Yes. And I don't know why I fell in love with this song. I don't know when it came out. Maybe like seven years ago or something. It's just this like pop song from this poppy girl boy band. It's a girl band. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, And it's just, you know, I think it's five girls or four girls. Supposed to be five because it's Fifth Harmony. Yeah, that makes sense. Um. And I love, I don't know why I love this song, Work From Home. I fucking I also, love it. Uh, you know, I, I didn't, uh, didn't connect with that song as much. You know what? I, I also you, question funny thing? all their OSHA regulation violations in the video. All right, hold on. I'm going to, I'm going to, so if, if people don't know this song, um, it's, you know, I think, I think a lot of people would recognize at least the melody or the, you know, yes, the, the beat behind it. I'm going to read something real quick. So <laughs> I, tried to, I tried to look up the lyrics. I just wrote work from home and it didn't work at all. <laughs> um, I'm just going to tell you uh, some of the lyrics real quick. Yes, please uh, do. All right. and, and I'm not saying the lyrics are good. I'm just telling you what they are. Yes. Uh, I ain't worried about nothing. I ain't worried about nada. I'm sitting pretty impatient, but you know, I got to put in them hours. I know you got to put in them hours. I'm going to make it hotter. I'm sending pick after picture. I'm going to get you fired. I know you're always on the night shift, but I can't stand these nights alone. And I don't need no explanation because, baby, you're the boss at home. You don't got to go to work, 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 work. Uh, and so that's the whole song is basically like, I guess it's a metaphor of like her being like, hey, I'm so horny. Come home and bang me. I'm bummed out that you're at work. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's what I you mean, got from it. I, yeah. Well, I mean, it's you really have to dig deep into the subtext. <laughs> And real and understand the socioeconomic climate in which the song was written. I want I want to hear this. This is what I want to ask you, and, and it's and it's just like a dumb pop song. It's all it is. It's, it's she's like, I want to bang you when you're at work. Why don't you come home and not go to work and bang me? And that's right. all it is. Right. And it's Irres- a lot of like irresponsible. Someone they say. use a lot of words like <laughs> uh, you know promotion, vacation, vacay, uh, get off early. You know, like little metaphors. 
And it's really just about melody. Do you think that you, as Brad, oh boy. as the rule meister, yes. do you think that you get turned off to stuff when you like even slightly disagree with the message of the song? Um, like, are you turned off to this song because she's like, don't go to work, come stay home and bang me? And you're like, no, you should go to work. I don't like this song. I, no, I, I, I think I'm honestly, I'm pretty indifferent any to percent, the song. Any percentage? Yeah, that's probably 5%. <laughs> that is so crazy. But I, it, I, it's weird. I, and I, I, <laughs> Turn this off. I'm going to work. <laughs> I am uh, I am indifferent to the song in general. Right. Uh, you know, it's fine. It's a pop song. It's on in the background. But I, but your level of joy. I don't know why I love this song. It's inexplicable. It's is, is so amusing to me that I have to play the foil well, and and Scrooge the song uh, so that so that we can, you know, continue see, our yin and yang dynamic. I, I, I wonder, like, you know, I love the band Leftover Crack. Yes. And I tried to show you the band Leftover Crack, which I feel like lines up with a ton of bands that we like. Yes. And Leftover Crack stands out to me as the one band of those that you don't like, as opposed to, like, yeah. all the other ones. And I feel like it's because of their messages. Uh, honestly, it, it's the message in the first song. I think the idea of I'm cooking gonna, policemen in a stew. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to uh, chop up policemen and cook them in a stew. I think <laughs> I, I don't think that's a clever lyric. And it's all, they're, they're uh, like they were pretty shouty, pretty shouty. Yeah, you uh, like and, some and, shouty and, stuff. Yeah, but this was shouty in a way that did, that didn't connect with me, and that's fine. I wonder, like, so so that one's kind of extreme. It's taking a political, like all these different yeah, messages, right? So. That are more. Um, strong and real as opposed to this which is like don't go to work just stay home and bang me yeah but i kind of feel like you are turned off to the song because she's like don't go to work just stay home and you're like you can't call out of work what if someone else has to work like i really feel like that uh, you know i i do have that attitude <laughs> whereas well, i think 15 year old brad if there was a song that was like skip school and go skateboarding you'd be like yeah cool and now you'd be like no, oh, i don't like this message i i wouldn't have liked it when i was 15 is it true I didn't, what about I, school's out for summer? I guess that's okay. I, I didn't really skip school. School's out for summer, I guess, is mandated. I, I had, all right, from seventh grade until 12th grade, I missed literally two days of school, both of them my senior year of high school, because I was on college visits. I was there the full day, can you, every other day. Can you think of any songs that you love that have messages that you disagree with. Yeah. Are we, are we going to need to pause this again? I just so want to know can, if you can think of any. Uh, I'm sure there are. Yeah. You know, probably against me has some. Yeah. Interesting. That's funny. Yeah. Anyway, I, I have a suspicion. The only reason you don't like that song is because you think that she should let him go to work without Honestly, trying to bang him. You know him. what? Fifth Harmony, if you were singing it to me and not to this Would you skip school? Guy, Would you skip work? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> How many sick I, I guess hours it do you have? Which... Uh, <laughs> I have 162 sick days. Listen, I cannot come in today. <laughs> Why not? I can't say it. <laughs> That's hilarious. She wants me to work from home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then I'd stay <laughs> and, and actually work, work from, from home. Yeah. I have a conference call. So, yeah. All right. Favorite um, cover song. Well, no, I have a favorite oh, song sorry, of the year. Yeah, 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 sorry. Uh, Ginny Bingham's Ghost by Frank Turner. Oh, I don't know. And it's about... Uh, I don't know Frank Turner. I gotta say. I yeah, gotta get it's, into him. It's, uh, it's, it's a, a, an up-tempo folk song mm -hmm. uh, about a woman who murdered a succession of husbands and kind of got away with it. And uh, now she kind of uh, haunts the area. But mm. it really, it's this one is also more about melody and rhythm than it is necessarily about the message of the song, which in this case, I agree with. Murder Your Husband, women. Yeah. Uh, favorite cover? I, I don't have anything for favorite cover um, for the fifth year in a row. Favorite cover for me, uh, 
the song, the, the the band SoCal Vocals, which is like a, an acapella group, they did this, a cover of the song Eye to Eye, which is from the fictional pop star Powerline in the movie Goofy Movie. Yes. Uh, and I've always loved that song. He has two songs on that album. It's Eye to Eye and uh, um, Stand Out. And uh, yeah, this cover is great. By the way, I do have a, a cover, but it, it's in a, a category a little later. Okay. So it's fine. All right. Favorite soundtrack? Uh, Bash Brothers. Bash Brothers. Same thing. Lonely yep. Island. Killed it. Favorite song I should have known before? Yeah, uh, one. Now, I was exposed to this song by the cover version by Laura Jane Grace. Mm. Uh, the original is also amazing. The name of the song is The Best Ever Death Metal Band in Denton. Oh, yeah. You're talking about that. by The Mountain Goats. And... Uh, I don't know. It uh, it it uh, wormed its way into my heart uh, mm -hmm. through you know one listen through my Discover Weekly playlist, and I added it to songs I like from my Discover Weekly playlists, and uh, just listened to it more and more. And the more and more I listened to it, it uh, it just got to me, and I really appreciate you know melody and uh, I guess more so the lyrics on this one. The line you know once again, if we had a favorite lyric category, uh, this would it would it would be uh, if when you punish a person for dreaming their dreams, don't expect them to thank or forgive you. And that's my mm. favorite lyric that I heard this year. Should have heard, uh, should have heard of this before. Didn't, but I'm I'm on board now. 2020 is gonna be my mountain goats year. That's great. Yeah. Um, for me, it's a baby metal with gimme chocolate, which is that, you know. I don't know where now, they're see, from. I support the message of Gimme Chocolate. Yeah. Do you know the song? Uh, no. I played it for you. Uh, probably. It's yeah. that crazy metal band that's fronted by those three girls. It's like a pop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah it, it, that probably became famous. Like that that song and like the fact that they're mixing these genres came famous a couple years ago. Right. Um, which is like, they call it idol pop and like black metal, I guess. Right. And um it probably became famous a couple of years ago, but I heard it for the first time and I just think that the chorus is really well done and they're taking, uh, you know, metal and adding a lot of harmony to it. And it's interesting. I think nice. it's fun. Um, opinion changer. We have that. I don't have an opinion changing. I, I song this same year. way this year with grime glasses, grime earplugs. I, yeah. I don't know what it was, but I wasn't, uh, wasn't changed. I was very st uh, stuck in the mud. I with got my you. Opinions. I got you. Favorite new artist. I put Goalkeeper. Uh, they have a song called Sunshine that uh, that I really enjoyed and uh, really like kind of captures how I'd like to feel about somebody in a relationship yeah. uh, in the event that ever happens. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Goalkeeper is the name of my favorite new artist. What you got? I got a uh, favorite new artist, PQ, PQ, PQ. Oh yeah, it's a good one. Um, and I saw them on uh, on Late Night with Seth Meyers, I believe. And they were great. They have a bunch of great songs on that album. Um did you listen to it at all? Yes. The newer album? Yeah. Uh, the song I Don't Matter At All was kind of the song that pulled me in, but they have a lot of great songs, and um, I thought they were great. I thought the album is deliciously simple. Nice. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, my runner-up, uh, 500 Miles to Memphis, which are label mates with us in Paper and Plastic, oh. and Keep Flying. Oh, yeah. The band Keep Flying had, had a bunch of great songs. I found out about them this year when my band, Senior Discount, played with Keep Flying in Providence. And uh, when we got put on the show with them, I looked them up and man, they're so good. They just were very, very uh, impressive. Uh, favorite album for me, Unauthorized Bash Brothers Experience by Lonely Island. Okay. How about you? Uh, mine was Hello Exile by the Menzingers. Mm, uh, like I said, it took a couple listens for me to get into it, but I got into it. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then favorite artist for me was the Menzingers. My favorite artist was Lonely Island. It was just 
the 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 album, the video album release, the concept behind it, the live show, all of it was too much. I I, I have so rarely seen a musical group of any kind really come up with so much interesting, great new art with a great new take and a great new concept and something so unique um, that I was just blown away. They, they swept my year in terms of comedy. Yeah, they were amazing. All right. So for me, uh, performances, I only did six musical performances with my band. Uh, we did, I did 11 comedy performances. I moderated two panels. Did I do two or, or three? You did two. Is it just three? Just two? You did Christina Ricci. Christina Ricci and, and, and uh, the office. In the office. And I hosted three events, Bacon and Beer Fest with you, Rhode Island Food Fights, um, the Spectacular Cookie Smackdown 2019, and the Cupcake Championship 2019. And then uh, I counted our pretzel performance as uh, a comedy performance okay. at, at PBD Fest. My, uh, my honorable mentions for live stuff, Mike Birbiglia, we saw a show of him working it out at the Columbus Theater in Providence. That was amazing. I love seeing comedians working new stuff out. Uh, I went to the cellar in New York for the first time, and I saw David Tell, Michelle Wolf, Judah Freelander, and Jim Norton in the same night. Awesome. I went to the Beatles tribute, Rain, and that was really cool. We saw the Toke Show, the yes. lead singer of Shirley Manifesto, with a string quartet. That was great. We saw John Mulaney and Pete Davidson do stand-up, and that was great. Uh, I filmed a Wilhelm Scream show in New Bedford, Massachusetts, with my buddy Sean Cologne, and that was very fun. We did our Avengers tour. Uh, we did our Spider-Man tour, a little our mini tours. Um... I went to a reading of Pete Holmes's new book, uh, Sex Comedy Sex God, yes, um, in Boston, and that was awesome. PVD Fest was awesome that whole day where we got to do our comedy. Then I got to be in an eating contest, and then eight hours later, I got to play with my band, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, seeing Sandler again this year was great. Right, I saw Ruby Fish and Bowling for Soup in Worcester, Massachusetts, and they both absolutely killed it. Um, the Rubson and Rubson and Horman party in in, in uh, Staten Island that Gina and I filmed for Quinn was uh, super, super fun. And it was fun to finally meet all the Impractical Jokers guys and Joey Fatone and everybody and talk to them. And that's kind of, that's honestly the reason that I became, that night is the reason I actually became friends with Brian O'Halloran, which is what made me comfortable enough to go up to him and just be like, let's just do the show and say that we would do it. Right. So that was a cool thing. Um, The the Clerks show at at, uh, RI Comic Con. The Stephen King event was really cool with Joe Hill. Yes, it was. That was awesome. We went to at the same venue that we saw Toke. Uh, the Jane Silent Bob reboot show in Boston that Gina and I went to um, with Kevin's Q&A and everything was really fun. And the Interrupters show was awesome that we went to that yes. you mentioned. Um, and finally, I just want to give a shout out to a specific song. It's called Glorious Domination. And it is Bobby Roode's entrance music in the WWE. I don't really watch wrestling right now. I, dev- I honestly don't even know if I've really seen a Bobby Roode match. Well, he's suspended right now. But that entrance music... Is it might be my favorite entrance music of all time. Wow. I, when I listen to it, I have this whole music video in my head. I, I go into this like this place of just concentration. I blast that song and it's fucking incredible. It's this rock song with piano and it's so big. When I run, I listen to it all the time. Nice. I fucking love that song. Even if you don't like wrestling, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go look up Glorious Domination, Bobby Roots Entrance Music. Give it a shot. It's fucking incredible. Um, I love it. It's a great song. My whole my whole music video idea revolves around you, you know the, the song the glorious DDT. It start it starts out with uh, you know the piano yeah, and then it goes and it's a chorus glorious. Yeah. When you see that, it's a yeah. person standing in the back of like a, a airplane okay, 
and the, the the door opens to the outside is flying and you see the the door going down you see the person's silhouette over like a big city right okay and it's just the chorus the, the choir singing glorious blah, 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 blah. and then it's like it kind of cuts out at the end of the line and then it comes in with all that rock music yeah and that's when the person jumps and it's a whole band skydiving but playing the song wow with a drum set yeah. and everything wouldn't that be awesome that for a music video awesome. I, like i'm like no one's done this yet i'm saying it right now in the podcast i want to do that video and then it's just like you know you could just right, go between footage yeah. you know of them singing it on the way down yeah. and finally at the end the core the choir is coming down too oh Come man on. isn't that cool it's very cool final moments what do you think happens uh everyone. iron man saves us oh okay <laughs> Uh, did you say us? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I went skydiving once. Did you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, and you, I, you lost the video? Uh, no, I uh, the, the video, <clears throat> something happened with the DVD. We had to copy it to a different DVD. I think I still have it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I threw up when I uh, skydived. Yeah. Skydove. I don't know the yeah. past tense. Uh, but, yeah, good stuff uh, in 2019. Yeah. And uh, we really appreciate it. Like, it's weird to think back on all these things that we did and uh, just be kind of amazed that uh, we got to do so much. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Yeah, me too. I, th- I think, you know, we did a lot of fun stuff and, uh, you know, I appreciate it too. Glad I put the time aside for it. All right. Now, I'll be honest with you. We're going to get into books. Yes. I told you, <clears throat> it's just everything in my life that is kind of a singular experience doesn't exist for me right now. It's just all work because all of my creative work is when I'm by myself. And as Brad witnessed firsthand tonight, uh, it's really hard for me to get work done because of all the other things in my life. Yes. Tonight, our plan was to meet up at 6.30 p.m. in my house, film for roughly 40 minutes, then record probably an hour and a half podcast. Right. It is now 11.05 p.m. Right. And we are about 40 minutes into the podcast just because of other stuff getting in the way. Right. That's my whole life. Um... And I just, no time is put aside for me to enjoy things alone. I just do not have the time. So I'm not reading, not playing video games, not playing guitar. Um, I only do things that are social for a romantic relationship or my friend relationship. And reading is not one of them. So you're going to take over this category. Yes. I didn't really do any reading this year. But it's okay. Which is a bum out. Because you are going to have the podcast category. Exactly. I do a lot more podcast listening than you do reading. And if you're asking yourself, how do you listen to podcasts if you don't do anything singular? It's because I listen to podcasts as I do any work at all that isn't like actively using my ears. So when I'm driving to New Jersey or even honestly, last night I was doing the editing stuff with the green screen work, all the green screen work. I don't have to listen to anything. Yeah. So I listen to a podcast while I do it. It helps me pass the time. So I listen to podcasts nonstop. I probably listen to more podcasts this year than I've ever listened to before. Right. And I work in an office surrounded by people. So a lot of the podcasts I listen to. Uh, I couldn't listen to in public like that. Uh, I can't wear earphones because mm-hmm. I have to be able to hear when students are giving out the wrong information. Yes. And if I get up and leave my desk, yeah. I need, uh, you know, I don't want to have to pause it. So I'll just listen to music, uh, which is why I listen to more music. Right. Uh, all right. So books, uh, kind of my category. Definitely. That's fine. Yes. Uh, favorite book you wouldn't normally read. I just mention it because it's a category on here. I didn't really go outside my genre preferences this year. Uh, I looked at my Goodreads profile, uh, which for those of you who don't know, is a way to kind of track books you've read and books you'd like to read. And there's a social component where you can be friends with somebody on Goodreads and they can see your reviews or like which books you've read and comments or or like or whatever. Uh, It is integrated with Facebook. So, you know, 
Um, I've, I've used Goodreads for the past three years and I really enjoy, uh, you know, you know, I enjoy tracking things and it's nice to have sure do. S- like a, an outside company that supports that instead of me just making my own spreadsheets. Um, so yeah, stayed within my genre preferences. Funniest book was Pearl's takes a wrong turn. I basically read two comedy books this year. Uh, that was one of them. And that's a book of comic strips. Uh, the other was Pete Holmes book, mm-hmm. which was my favorite biography comedy sex God by Pete Holmes. Yeah. That's one that I started to read and I did not finish. And be- it's because I went to the reading and I was like, I'm going to read this one. And I just, you know, yeah. I probably read the first like 25 pages yeah and I, and I want to read it. i loved it i want to read it oh yeah it's 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 really interesting really well done and my favorite biography of the year yeah uh most original novel i totally cheated here uh i read two different books of short stories by ted chiang uh who wrote the short story that the movie arrival is based on arrival being of course one of my favorite movies of a previous year it's a, a previous brammy winner uh, but he has a book called Exhalation mm-hmm. uh, and then a book called Stories of Your Life and Others, uh, which is the short story that Arrival was based on. And they are the smartest stories I have ever read. Th- like, as you read it, once you comprehend what's going on, you're like, oh, I'm smart too, because this is a big idea executed in such a clever way Yeah, uh, that it is like mind boggling how his mind boggles things. Nice. Uh, so it is, like it that. is super impressive. Uh, if you get a chance out there and you're like, yeah, I want to read some really high concept sh- science fiction, uh, Ted Chiang, uh, the new book was called exhalation. Uh, and then he's got a, the, the older one called stories of your life and others, but really good, good stuff. Good. Uh, favorite short story overall, Joe Hill released a book of short stories this year called Full Throttle, uh, and the short story Fawn, uh, F-A-U-N, is basically the idea of uh, there's a secret portal to a Narnia-like land, mm-hmm. but it wasn't discovered by children. Uh, it was discovered by a, uh, like a cynical business guy who rents it out for big game hunters. Mm-hmm. So you can go in and you can shoot a fawn or a griffin or a talking lion or whatever, and uh, and pay for the privilege, and you know, shenanigans ensue. Mm. Uh, so, really, I could have picked multiple short stories from just even that book. Yeah. Uh, so, Full Throttle by Joe Hill, specifically the short story Fawn. But again, a lot of great stories in there. Some very scary ones, some very heartwarming ones, things mm. like that. Uh, favorite young adult or nonfiction? Didn't ring a, read a ton of it this year, but uh, The Language of Thorns by Lee Bardugo. A series of kind of fable-like short stories set in her Grisha verse, inspired by Russian and Eastern European um, traditions. So instead of, um, I don't know, she deal instead of like fairies or elves, she deals with like the little Russian gods, Mm -hmm. uh, Domovoy, and uh, I don't know. It just it it's a little outside my genre, but since I've read all her other Grisha verse books. Uh, last year, my favorite young adult was uh, her book, Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's great. Uh, so yeah, The Language of Thorns. Biggest disappointment, I wasn't even expecting anything, and we've talked about this on the podcast before, Empress Teresa by Norman Norman Bouton uh, is literally the worst book I've ever read. Uh, curse Wade Bernier for getting it for me as a yep. joke birthday present. Tell me all about it. Yes. Favorite method of telling a story. Uh, it's a short story called 19 snapshots of Dennisport by Paul Tremblay. And, uh, he also, uh, and it is basically 
<clears throat> the uh, narrator is going through a series of old snapshots mm-hmm. uh, and recounting like his family's visit to uh, you know the seashore or whatever, mm-hmm. and he is you know there's a mysterious man who appears in some of them, and you know through the course of the story of these snapshots you learn the story of what happened on this fateful weekend. Mm. And just the way, uh, like that framing device for a story yeah. uh, was really well done. And I almost stole it for my, the Christmas story that I wrote this year. And I still might steal it for the future. Uh, but my concept would have, a, uh, yeah, would have caused problems. So I didn't do it. Yeah. Uh, the runner up was Notes from the Dog Walkers, also by Paul Tremblay, also collected in his collection, Growing Things. And it is basically, you know, Chuck, you have a dog. Mm -hmm. So if you and Gina weren't home a lot and you had to pay somebody to come walk your dog, you pay a service. And, you know, like, let's say three people, uh, you know, uh, B-Lau and Lou and Laura came and they were your dog walkers, Mm -hmm. but they all had like kind of different personalities. So, you know, B-Lau would be like, hey, man, I went through your fridge and I checked out your food. Uh, But then the like each each dog walker has their own personality but the notes get weirder and more like intense Mm -hmm. and meta Mm. as it goes on and it's really interesting yeah so uh both in the same book growing things by paul tremblay nice book i was most surprised i enjoyed i don't know that i was surprised i enjoyed it but i was surprised at how much i enjoyed it a series of books called the oh boy i'm gonna mess this up ryra revelations uh r-i-y-r-i-a uh, by Michael J. Sullivan. He uh, wrote these six books <clears throat> and self-published them. And then a small press picked them up and then a major press picked them up. And so he's been like the same series of books, self-published, small publishing house, large publishing house, collected in three volumes. And uh, he wrote all of them before publishing any of them. So the whole story makes sense Hmm. the like what happens at the end is set up by things that happened at the beginning like consciously so not a lot of fat in these books Mm. uh and you know one character is a lovable rogue uh you know he's kind of kind of gruff and grumpy yeah but you know as the books go on he gets less so yeah Uh, and the other one is like a a a do-gooder uh amazing warrior guy and then you have the, the hooker with the heart of gold and the princess who's also a magician, a wizard. Um, and just, uh, I don't know, a, a great plot. And you really feel for these characters, especially because you spend six books with them. Uh, he has a series of books set leading up to this, these books called the Ryura Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, also really good, but he's publishing those, you know, not as quickly. Uh, and then he did a series of books that's, like the myths in the Ryra books are based on things that happened 3000 years ago. Yeah. And he's writing those stories now, uh, which is super interesting the way things change throughout the year. So, uh, again, not surprised. I enjoyed it. Surprised at how much I enjoyed it. And he was a super nice guy. He's like, Hey man, I love to hear from my fans. So I wrote him and I said, Hey, I really enjoyed this. It's probably going to be on my podcast at the end of the year. Yeah. I got into it because of a short story I read of yours in a different book. And he's like, that's the first time that's ever happened. Um, thank you so much for saying you enjoy it and blah, blah, blah. Nice. That's so, great. you know, if you're listening, Michael J. Sullivan, thank you. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you for being nice to me too. Yeah. There you go. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, overall favorite book of the year. Uh, like we talked about with movies, you know, it's tough to beat Endgame uh, as a movie that 
hits your emotional core because you've spent all these years kind of building up to it. Uh, in a very similar vein, uh, The Burning White by Brent Weeks was book five in a five-book series. Once again, tied everything up masterfully. This one was not written all five books at the same time. Um, but, you know, it was, a, it was originally designed as a trilogy and kind of grew and grew. Uh, but just so well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there was enough definitive answers to to make me happy, but enough ambiguity to leave me, like loving it mm-hmm. and uh just so impressive like the the world building the characterization um and and stick in the landing of this really anticipated series uh one of the th- you know 2019 was not a great year uh, and so sometimes i would have to kind of look out look outside of myself on things to really kind of keep me going on a day-to-day basis and like the publication of the burning white was one of those things mm. And it was, I, I, I got to its release date and I was kind of scared to read it because how can it possibly live up to what I've created in my mind? And and if you were like, oh, did, what did you think was going to happen? I'm like, I had no idea what was going to happen. Yeah. And so the experience of reading it uh, over the course of a week or two, uh, I don't know, it just, uh, it fulfilled me in, in unique and exciting ways. Nice. Uh, runners up included Full Throttle by Joe Hill, uh, The Institute by Stephen King about uh kids with telepathy and telekinesis um oh, so well done and uh, ninth house by lee bardugo i already mentioned her uh but this was a, a, a novel named aimed at adults her mm-hmm. first one she's written a bunch of young adult stuff uh, and it's about yale and their secret societies existing which they do except they exist as like um to interact with you know occultish things right and uh uh, you know, it's 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 kind of a mystery of of what's going on and how it's going on, yeah. And uh, sets things up and and grounds it enough in the real world to make it seem you know as plausible as as a, an occult novel can. So yeah, really well done stuff all around. Nice. Uh, I read I think sixty two books last year. A lot of them were rereads. I reread the four books leading up to the Burning White, so I wouldn't forget what was going on. Uh, reread some Brandon Sanderson stuff. I don't know, just a, a good year for books, and I'm starting uh, 2020 off uh, rereading some books that I read in like 2001, and I have almost completely forgotten. So, nice. Fun stuff. That's great. So those are my favorite books of 2019. Let's talk about podcasts. What do you got going on? Yeah, I'll do a little talk about podcasts 2019. <laughs> uh, my favorite stuff of the year, um, Tuesdays with Stories, like we talked about earlier with yes. Joe List and Mark Normand. That really grabbed my attention earlier in the year, and I listened to the entire catalog, um, and then I was like, I want to re-listen. I want to do a whole re-listen, which I've done with Tell Him Steve Dave. It's the only podcast I've ever did that with. Right. And um, I listened to around 300, uh, 300 episodes of their podcast, the initial run-through, and now I'm up to 71 on wow. a re-listen. So I've listened to like 371 of their episodes. That's amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> Just because it creates such a world, it's so comfortable. I love it. It really puts me at ease in a weird way. Okay. And I really kind of like depend on it. Uh, I wake up and I'm excited to just have that playing as I do anything. Right. It's cleaning or whatever. Um, And so Tuesdays with Stories was my real new standout of the year. I can't recommend it enough. It's funny. It's real. It gives you this real insight that I think is rare. And uh, it was just it's just an incredible podcast with these great guys. And uh, it really made me feel invested in Joe List and Mark Normand Um, and the New York comedy scene. It made me feel closer to it. Yes. 
Um, of course, uh, tell them Steve Dave and the tell them Steve Dave Patreon, my favorite podcast for many years. And now, you know what I do for work as well. Um, happy with the, uh, comic book men on the road episodes that came out this summer with tell them Steve Dave, which I edited, um, as well as the Christmas episode this year, which I edited as well. Um, the tattletales game show, which kind of to me is like, uh, along with elephants in the room that they've produced before yeah. is like Walt really getting into being a game show host and he's killing it. And then 400.1, which is one of the best game episodes I think they've done. And I edited that as well. So I'm just, I'm just happy to be a very small part of those things. Um, Halloweenies great podcast. That's like they they took originally it was, they took a Halloween movie, right? Like from their Halloween series. So Halloween one, two, three, four, whatever. And they would do like a three hour podcast on like a very deep film analytical stance on the movie and i love that stuff especially like in the around october around halloween listening to that stuff and like finding a new way to enjoy these movies on a deeper level is amazing and this year they continued it even it's still called halloweenies with nightmare on elm street the series and because you and i got so deep with both of those series yes i really got into it especially nightmare on elm street this year so i really appreciate that podcast um Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Great podcast oh, this yeah. year. Some standout interviews were Jack Black, Paul Rudd, Zach Galifianakis, Tina Fey, David Letterman, Kumail Nanjiani, um, Bill Hader, Ray Romano, Dana Carvey, Adam Sandler, Mark Maron, and Pete Holmes. Um, Dax Shepard has a podcast called Armchair Expert. Did great episodes, including ones with Kumail and Jason Manzukis, uh, Kumail Nanjiani. Um, that's his whole name. I'm just yeah. saying Kumail because to me that's right. You know that's who he is. That's who he is. Um, and then, of course, Smodcast, one of my favorite podcasts, Kevin Smith's podcast. This year, he did uh, an excellent episode with Marcus and McFeely, the writers of Avengers Endgame. Right. Excellent episode I listened to this year where Scott Mosier returned and he told the whole story of making the Grinch, the new yes. Grinch that came out last year. And uh, a great episode with the story of Shepard Fairey from Providence, who I kind of oh, yeah. consider like a, a beacon of, 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 of hope and accomplishment from the art scene in Providence, because Shepard Fair is like one of the greatest street artists of all time. Right. And he started at RISD in Providence and Obey Giant started in Providence. So I kind of have taken more ownership of that in terms of something that I'm proud of. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> also, I don't know if I talked about this last year. So if I did and you just listened to our Chammies and Brammies from a year ago and you're like, hey, you talked about that. Um, I, I guess it's a Southern guy. Um, <laughs> guy? Late Night with Seth Meyers. Sounded like our friend Katie. They release... Oh, yeah, that's right. My goddad. Yeah, that's right. Um, Late Night with Seth Meyers did uh, a series of podcasts. I don't know if I talked about this last year. I don't think I did, but maybe I did. Where like he releases parts of his episodes, his podcast. You just follow the feed. But some of them are like extra podcast episodes after he interviews someone. And they'll just be like super deep behind the scenes stuff yeah. from like SNL and comedy in New York. And they're absolutely incredible, incredible. And it sucks because like there's a specific name to them. I want to say this so that people listen, by the way, I put up a post last week about like, what do you like about our podcast? What should we do more of? Weren't you kind of like uh, surprised at how many people wrote stuff yes. and said positive things? Yes. Um, I was really, uh, you know, I was kind of taken aback by that. So it makes me feel like people actually care what we have to say. So instead of just saying like, I don't know what it's called, blah, blah, I want to find it. So the podcast, so if you follow Late Night with Seth Meyers, <clears throat> um, then he will release all these episodes and some of them are called Seth Off Air. And it's all uh, stuff that happened. That's that I guess they recorded after the show. 
Um, let me just look and see what there is for episodes to talk about. And a lot of it, like I said, has to do with the background of SNL, but also the background of, of comedy in general and people's kind of rise. One of them was Mike Birbiglia. They talked about how he has a feud. He had a feud with James Murray from Impractical Jokers. Wow. Yeah. Um, an improv feud, which oh, is something that I think you would like. I would. I know. I know you'd like it. I have so many of them. They, they, they were literally like, they. someone started a group and whatever. Uh, he did one with Andy Samberg. Did one with, let's see, uh, Jim Gaffigan. Uh, yeah, Seth Offair. John Mulaney. It's about John starting to write at SNL. Uh, Will Forte. It's all people that are kind of from SNL and, and from that scene for the most part. Um, but in, in in one of my many drives to New York and New Jersey this this past year, I listened to like a ton of these. Like there's probably like seven or eight of them that I listened to. And they were all so great that I'm like, no one knows this exists. Right. They follow this late night with Seth Meyers feed, which puts out a lot of little episodes that are five minutes long, 10 minutes long, 20 minutes long. No one knows he has this secret series. He should be releasing Seth off air as its own series. Because it's incredible. It's some it's some of the best comedy insight I've gotten from those people. Right. So that's a great one. Um, honorable mentions for the year. Uh, I listened to the Doughboys podcast for the first time around Thanksgiving. And they did an episode where they broke down Garfield's Thanksgiving special. Wow. And it was super funny. Yes. Oh, I have no doubt. Uh, Industry Standard with Barry Katz is a really weird podcast, but I love it. Uh, I did great episodes this year with Dan Soder, Dane Cook, and Neil Brennan. The Stuff You Should Know podcast is great. It's just about the history of things, how things work. And they did a bunch of Christmas episodes in the history of Christmas. Great. Anthony Jeselnik's uh, Jeselnik and Rosenthal Vanity Project is great. The Ron Burgundy podcast started this year with uh, Will Ferrell. It's really for a specific group of people who like improvisational, like long form improvisational right. comedy. I think it's great. A lot of people absolutely hate it, but I think it's very, very fun. Uh, me and Gina laugh out loud at those. Uh, WTF, of course, with Mark Maron, one of my favorites this year. AD Bryant, Kyle Mooney, Seth MacFarlane, a lot of great episodes as always. You Made It Weird with Pete Holmes. Uh, great. And then also, Pete Holmes did a ton of press for his book, and uh, I loved all of it. I thought it was great. I love Crashing, his show. Uh, I was really into all of his stand-up specials, and uh, I'm really behind Pete Holmes in general. So yeah. uh, I, I really listened to a lot of his um, his appearances, and he's great. Very, very smart, very, very different. I just want to give a quick shout out to a local podcast around us that I think are doing great stuff that we love working with. We want to work with more and um, I'm happy to be involved with these people. Uh, the Wicked Funny podcast is great for the comedy scene in Rhode Island. Um, the Writers Resource podcast based out of What Cheer Writers Club, Jody and Jillian doing very uh, smart, great things, really inquisitive. They held that podcast listening party for Rhode Island podcast. Right that we were featured in and that a bunch of people were featured in and they're just, uh, they're great. Listen to them for some insightful news about the writing scene and the podcast scene in Rhode Island. And needless to say, those guys are great. Craig DePina, very helpful dude. Um, helped me film this year. Remember that? He helped, you yes. helped me film too for that time. He helps with little film projects here and there. He helped us uh, record our the audio for our Christmas live show. He does a great podcast called Needless to Say, a lot of fun. Uh, what did we miss? Uh, Tony Pacitti. Uh, had us on and his co-host actually was not on that episode that we were on no um but he's a great guy and uh what do we what do we miss this is a great show uh the concept is basically we miss this pop cultural thing let's experience it and talk about it and they do a great job they're very smart guys geeking out with shades and sketch pop culture podcast their buddy justin mara great podcast and then finally let's chat with chris rebel great dude and there's a lot of other podcasts 
beyond Rhode Island that right. we like too, but we were like trying to make this list and it got to like 35 and I'm like, we can't say this many. Let's just say the Rhode Island ones that are close to us. Um, but yeah, go check them all out if you're in the area, especially because you're going to get a lot out of it. And so finally, this is it, man. Oh, wait, I have, I have a national podcast I want to throw Dude. out here. Um, in my research for my tick panel at RI Comic-Con, uh, somebody was like, oh, Griffin Newman, who plays Arthur on the tick, uh, the Amazon prime version has a podcast called blank check with Griffin and David. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a deep dive into movies kind of sorted by director. So after a director makes it big, they get a mm-hmm. blank check from Hollywood to make their next project. Mm-hmm. And they look at all those films, right. Uh, from, from a director. And it is, uh, interesting commentary there's a lot of fun there's some nonsense that goes with it um it is one that you know the way i've experienced it so far is i've picked movies that i've known mm-hmm. and uh and listened to those but it's definitely something that in 2020 i hope to listen to more and nice. really just kind of you know maybe it's one of those that i sit down and explore the whole thing uh soup to nuts nice good it's not an expression I've uh, really used before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't know if it's going to make its way into my daily lexicon. No, I like that. I think I think it fits you. Thank, well, it does fit me. That's why I don't want to use it. Yeah, right. Uh, final category for the Brammies and Chammies 2019. Oh. The personal category. Yes. Uh, well, let's. Well, you know, I wanted to say this. I didn't say this last time because Ray was on. Actually, I'll say this at the end. All right. Um, but let's go into it. What do you say? All right. Biggest surprise for 2019. You don't have a food or a thing I should have tried long that, ago. Right, sorry. Food or a thing I should have tried long ago. Is it? Yeah. This final personal thing is kind of, it's more like. Well, I, I, I do have we, it. I just have it in a different order. Yeah, it's fine. That's fine. We just talk about kind of our experiences yeah. personally through 2019. Food or thing I tried, I should have tried long ago. I got three answers. I have one. Uh, I bought an air fryer this year and uh, cooking French bread pizza and that air fryer. Lifesaver. Wow. Life save that life. That's I mean all right. Lifesaver may be a bit hyperbolic, <laughs> uh, but it's uh, yeah, it's 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 easy. Nice. And uh, you know, I'm a lonely guy. I have lonely guy meals, and that's one of them. And it makes it quicker. So nice. I can go back to feeling sorry for myself. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, food or thing I should have tried long ago. This year I went yard sailing a bunch of times. Oh yeah, you sure did. And it was really fun. And I got a bunch of really expensive microphones for you very did. cheap. Uh, that was fun. I do like that part. Yeah. Uh, I like that a lot. I, I went, you know, I got into the Patriots this year, yes, which was did. fun for eight weeks. Um, and then it was not. Um, I, I also, and I saw, I don't know if I heard about it for the first time this year. I don't think it was, but I really got into poke this year. The Hawaiian okay. sushi yeah. food, food dish. Yes. Uh, I love poke. I'll get it. I, I, it's it's like it's like better than anything else to me. Wow. There's no other like dessert anything. I'd rather have poke. Wow. Yep. I'm surprised you didn't say acai bowl since you made me drive you all over creation Oof. last week to get an acai bowl. You know, it's hard to get a good acai bowl. Yep. Um, but last week was because a pretty good one. Because they don't exist. Oh, okay. No, they were great. Yeah. Um, biggest surprise, uh, 2019 for you. I have Chuck gets a dog as my biggest surprise. Really? For years... Gina had been hinting at or demanding or cajoling you to get a dog and you would kind of wave her off, not necessarily in a rude way, but like, yeah, we'll get a dog someday. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we were, we were out for dinner and you guys had seen Swiss. You you guys had seen photos of Swiss Miss. You hadn't yet visited her. Yeah. And uh, you were talking about names for the dog. And I'm like, oh, what a funny like thought experiment of like someday Chuck and Gina are going to get a dog. And that was like on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And then on Monday, you're like, we saw the dog and I fell in love. 
Oh yeah. Uh, so is that that was my biggest surprise of the year? <clears throat> That's a good one. Thanks. For me, uh, biggest surprise, and I know this is going to sound cryptic, but uh, I made a really big decision. Yep. Um, that is going to go into uh, motion soon, I believe. Yes. And um, it was a decision I definitely didn't think it'd be in the year I would make in this way. Um, and I, I unfortunately, I just don't want to talk about the podcast quite yet. Yeah, but I, I definitely will. Oh, yeah. oh, it will be the focus oh, of the podcast. Yep, I imagine so. At least one. Yes. Um, <clears throat> blessing in disguise. I didn't have one. I don't think I have one. Is there anything you could think of in my life that was a blessing in disguise Something that seemed bad then was good? No, not really. Yeah. Did you have any, <clears throat> any, to think of anything any funny? health scares that forced you to the doctor? Yeah, yeah there was something like that. There was something like I did this. It wasn't a health scare. Uh, what was it? Oh man, I, I actually did think of something like that, okay. but it didn't really lead anywhere. Okay. Uh, remember that time they thought I had that disease where I had too much iron in my blood? Hemochromatosis. And then I didn't have it? Yes. It was like that. Right. But, you know, that didn't lead anywhere. Right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry, I keep clearing my throat. Uh, most pleasing development, 2019. Uh, I'd like to do least pleasing development first. Go for it. Least pleasing development for me was the grime glasses. I talked about it two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I talked about it earlier when I talk, when I mentioned music. Uh, that everything I experienced kind of in calendar year 2019 didn't uh, bring me as much joy as it would have in previous years. And I don't know if that is, uh, you know, the world outside, the political climate, uh, how people are interacting with me, but really just kind of looked at the world through grime-covered glasses. Yes. And uh, that was not a pleasing development for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Do your most as well. Most, uh, <laughs> I survived. Um, mm. You know, uh, Chuck and I, you know, I joked about how honest to be with our therapist because we don't want to be committed. Uh, and I learned this past week at therapy that I can say uh, I was forty five percent suicidal for three hundred and thirty days last year, and I don't get committed. So that's it, nice. Oh, what, what did you say? Fifty one. Yeah, well, I didn't. I, I was like, there's no way I can say 51. You're like, no, you know, you said, you said 43. She said, okay, yeah. 44. And she went 46 and she went, eh. You're like, you went 45. 45. Yeah. 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 Yes. Good. That's good. So, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's hard to show up, uh, but I feel like I showed up mm-hmm. in 2019, not necessarily with joy and joie de vivre. Yes. But uh, I'm still here. And like... <laughs> I want 2020 to be better to spite 2019. Mm. Like in your face, 2019, you thought you could bring me down, but I'm back, baby. Yeah. And I'm better than ever. Wow. Yeah. Uh, my most pleasing development was, yes. uh, you know, slowly I've been climbing the ladder for years in terms of like having a day job and making money on creative stuff, right. which is I want my career to be doing creative things. And... I've been slowly like being like, okay, well, I'm going down to, you know, three days a, a week at, at a day job. Now I'm going down to two days a week at a day job. Now I'm one day a week. And in 2020, 2019, sorry, uh, my most pleasing development was that I set a new higher goal for me to make money in right. 2020 from uh, 2019 from uh, Creative Endeavors. And I almost doubled that goal. Right. Still not a livable nope. amount of money by any sort of... Uh, you know, what's it called when you have poverty standards? Yes. Um, but I did make a lot more than I've ever made before. Just really like grinding it out and doing creative work a ton. Um, least pleasing development was in a lot of those creative environments. I consistently felt 
replaceable, unimportant, and sometimes like unwanted. Right. And, and a lot of them. Can I, and I do a lot of different creative things. Right. Um, so that was, it's kind of a bum out to just feel like even when you do like work that you, that you know is good and that the people that you, you work with and for think it's really good, you feel like they still don't really care if you're the person doing the work. They just need someone to do it. And uh, that was really difficult for me that I struggled with like a ton this year. Yeah. Struggled with that a ton. I just, yeah, I struggled a lot with, uh, yeah, with that. And it's hard because I feel, I guess I feel like I sacrifice so much to do all the things that I do, which is a lot that um, it's hard to feel like you're totally invested in all these different, in these different things where you're down to like work on Christmas and work on Thanksgiving and, and put all this time and put all this like, you know, losing money on doing stuff and all this kind of stuff and still feel like you're kind of unimportant. Um, so that was kind of my least pleasing development that kind of ties into my most pleasing development. Right. Right. You know, best purchase or deal of 2019. Um, I'm really stretching the definition of best purchase slash deal. Uh, I did Reddit secret Santa this mm. year. And uh, as I have a, a couple years, I think that's a deal previously, right? No, oh, it's a deal. You're yeah. shaking. You're making a digital well, handshake. I, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm motioning with my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, what it is is you are paired up with another Reddit gifts user somewhere around the country, possibly the world. In this case, it's the country, mm-hmm. and uh, you get a list of their likes and dislikes and their interests and and their hobbies, mm-hmm. and you buy gifts for them. And there's no set dollar amount, right? Uh, minimum or maximum, right? And all, every year there's a story that Bill Gates drew somebody's name and he bought them this huge Microsoft whatever. Yeah. Um. So I I got a guy in in Braintree, Massachusetts, and I I bought him some stuff, and uh, just off of his list. Yeah. And. Uh, waited a couple weeks to the point where I was getting a little nervous about, oh, did my person forget me? Am I am I not going to get anything? And yeah. there there are people who sign up to be re-gifters so that if you don't get anything on the first wave, you still get a gift. Yeah, whatever. Um, and then I got a message that said your 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 gift is coming in two packages. Um, they should be open at the same time. And I yeah. said, okay, great. Packages arrived. Didn't know what they were. Opened the big one, and it was uh, a record player. And the other uh, package was eight albums, three Mm -hmm. Pearl Jam albums, two Blink albums, two Against Me albums, and a Mitch Hedberg album. And I was floored at uh, the the thought behind it. And so, you know, now I I, I joke with Chuck about, no, I'm going to be a vinyl dick now and just be like, oh, everything sounds better on vinyl. But I will say when I listen to a record... I am more invested in actually listening to it because it feels like it's its own thing and not something that is in the background. At least and right, also, at, at this point. And you also know, you're physically, you're right. doing a different thing to start it. I have to get up and, you know, truth be told, I'm bad at starting it. I'm like, ah. where, where does this pin go? Where does this You don't know how to do go? it? Well, it, it, it never, it usually starts like 20 seconds into a song. I'm like, close enough. Wow. I'm I never did that. I never did that. Yeah. Never placed a pin on a record. Wow, interesting. I, I guess it's called a needle, and that's what we should know. <laughs> that's funny. Yes. Uh, best purchase for me was Swiss Miss. Yeah. My puppy, uh, of April. I never thought I would fall in love with an animal like this. Right. I love this dog way too much. Oh, it's irritating. Makes me a hundred times more hesitant about to have a child. Right. Because like, if I'm nervous about this dog, yes. what's my life going to be like? Um, I love that dog too much. 
Uh, and you know, okay, best purchase slash deal. Here's the other deal. I decided in 2019 to mod my Nintendo Switch uh, to play emulators and stuff like that. And holy shit, do I love that fucking Nintendo Switch. Yes, you do. Uh, Like I said, I don't have time to play serious video games anymore. So Red Dead Redemption 2, which I've owned for 14 months and have barely put three hours into. um, Nintendo Switch, a lot easier to sit down and put 15 minutes into Donkey Kong Country 3 or Mega Man X or some old retro side-scrolling game where I'm, you know, emulating an old system like Super Nintendo from 1989 or N64 from 1994 and playing a very simple side-scrolling game, and I enjoy it so much on the Switch. Um, So that's one of them. All right, predictions for 2020. Uh, Mine is... by the way, looking at my previous ones. Yeah, these are the previous. Okay, so let's say previous, what previous predictions did we have in last year's Brammies and Chammies? La- what did we hope was going to happen in 19, 2019? Last year I said there's some sort of breakthrough, and then in parentheses I put for Chuck. Ooh. So <laughs> I don't know about a breakthrough, but you're you're bending the wall. Yeah, I think you're, I'm bending the bending wall. They're pushing it. I'm yeah. definitely pu- oh, punching. Definitely. I'm punching at it. Oh, yeah. No doubt. The wall's bending. Yeah. Uh, what did you have as your prediction last year? Last year, my predictions, I had three. I had uh, maintained creative work through 2019, yeah, which did. I did yep. and exceeded. Get goddamn sponsorships in the podcast, which we did get a good amount. Yes, we did. Um, I, I wish we got more. I hope we get more this year. And it was produce the stuff we filmed, which is finish editing it and put it out, which we didn't really do. No. But it's hard to find a, right. a place to put that, right? Because I do all this editing work now, finding like doing the putting the time in to do it, and then putting it out to just get uh, ninety views on Facebook. After all, these, it just seems weird. I don't know. Right. I don't know what to do. It's, yeah. So it's hard to really do that. Um, this year, my predictions. You want to hear mine, or do you want to do yours? Um, you know, mine. Mine is pretty generic. What is it? Uh, mine is just things get better. Uh, I, I talk about 2020 or mm-hmm. 2019 being bad. 2020, yeah. it's going to be better out of spite. I feel like I've done some uh, pruning of people in my life Ooh. who aren't necessarily bad people. They're fucking awful people. But I wasn't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wasn't necessarily getting what I needed from the relationship. Positive things from the relationship. Right. And uh, sometimes those those prunes have been my choice. Uh, and sometimes these are people who prune themselves who have pruned themselves and removed themselves from my social media feed and, and all things like that. And it's hurtful, but man, I I've added some good people, uh, not to replace them because that's, that's that's wrong. But like, you know, my, my friend Stephanie at work has added a lot of joy to my life since she started there in July. And, uh, and, and I appreciate that. And I appreciate her. She also, uh, told me to mention her. So that's why. There you go. Um, by and the way, she, people you pruned. Lisa, Timmy, yep. Planko, yep. Crimbles, hit Crimbles. I Crimbles pruned Crimble cell. <laughs> Crimbles screwed Crimbles. Crimbles. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I, fictional people I made up. Yes. Except for Crimbles. Yes. Crimbles I, is pretty good. That's a new I, one, right? Yes, <laughs> I don't think I pulled that one out of my ass before. It is. I, uh, it wasn't Jimothy, so it's new. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I think this coming year will, uh, you know, there's going to be, I don't think it's all going to be perfect. I think there are going yeah. to be challenges and setbacks. Yeah. Um, but I think that I am getting to a point where I'm confident enough that I can deal you with can hurdle the hurdles. 
Right. I, and even if I can't hurdle the hurdles, I can climb over them. I can knock them down. I can fucking walk around them. Is that right? Hurdle the hurdles? Yeah. I think it is. Yeah, it hurdle is right. Hurdle can be a verb. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I, I don't think things are going to be perfect in 2020. I just think they're going to get better. Yeah. And uh, that's that's kind of all I need at this point. So, yeah, uh, that is my prediction for 2020. My what prediction. Do you have my prediction? Uh, you know, this is my optimistic prediction. I achieve some sort of stability from creative income. Okay. Um, we expand what we do with the podcast, which may include live shows in New Jersey. Okay. Which I think would be cool. You know, we do the, we always do the live shows in Rhode Island. We sometimes do them in Boston, Connecticut and New York. Right. I'd love to do it in New Jersey and kind of continue to do those and expand them. Yep. Um, but that's it. That's my real goal this year. Uh, nice. prediction. Uh, and finally we have not exactly resolutions, but hopes. So last year, do you have your hopes or resolutions? I, I did not Same write thing. any hopes last year. Last year I put, I hope to step into a more professional realm overall. Uh, I'd like for Brad and I to take the podcast more seriously. I'd like to pursue film and comedy more seriously. I think I have done that. Yeah. I think the podcast it's it, it's an interesting thing because like this year, I think we did a couple more experimental things like we did the turtle hunt episode that was recorded all in the car yep uh we did the nan and papa interview the nan and papa interview we did the the comic-con we didn't re- we never released our panels as episodes before we released the live christmas show so i think we did some new stuff and honestly i'll say it i'm pretty solid on what we do otherwise right you know that the stuff yeah. that we do that's just discussion comedy could we tighten stuff up sure you know, here and there, but me and you just went through every episode of 2019 and we said, what do we want to get rid of? What do we want to change? And there wasn't much to change. No. So I'm happy with the podcast we do. Um, I would just like to figure out how to get it to more people. Yes. And the live shows, I think would be fun for that too. So this year, my, my not resolutions, but my hopes this year, like I said, stability with a creative income and, uh, take a risk, uh, towards getting a real job in a creative field. Okay. Um, and I'd like to say that I do feel lucky that I'm in a stable relationship to be able to do that. Cause I do want to give some credit to Gina um, for kind of being there to make that, to take a risk with me right. that we haven't talked about in the podcast that much right. or whatsoever uh, before this episode at all. And this episode it was only alluded to cryptically. Right. Um, but that is a helpful part of, deciding to take a risk and focusing on 2020 my 35th year around this earth uh to really step up and uh take a risk get professional and 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 really become a person who has a a a career in creativity and that's what i do yeah and not someone who's kind of leaning on my dwindling day job and I think I've done the, the, the spot responsible thing. I don't think right. it went from me being like, I'm just doing this. It's like over the past couple of years, you know, like I said, down a day, down a day, down a day um, to where I'm just at one day a week at a day job. And I really want to get away from that and just do creative stuff. And that's my hope yeah. for this year. Um, I think my hope is a new job in some yeah. form or fashion, yeah. uh, whether it's in student affairs or otherwise, yeah. uh, whether it's at UMass Dartmouth or otherwise, yeah. um, I feel like, you know, I've been there for 13.23 years. <laughs> I, uh, I did the math today. 0.23. Yes, I wow. did the math. Uh, I, I had a presentation to give today and I was going to open with that, but yeah. I decided to go with my 
uh, pride non, and prejudice yeah, joke. I did a pride and prejudice joke, uh, that landed pretty well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I, I think, uh, it's time for me to look for new challenges and, mm-hmm. um, we'll see, we'll, we'll see what else is out there. Yeah. Um, you know, it's weird because part of me says, well, if I go work at a different school, won't I just be dealing with the same problems? Yeah without the benefit of having 162 sick days and 64 vacation days um, and things like that uh, and, a, and a union to protect me. Uh, but <laughs> I'm, protect I'm, you from doing what? Excessive math. Uh, <laughs> to protect me from uh, when I, when I inevitably make foolish mistakes, uh, getting immediately fired for them yeah. or being fired for no reason. And, you know uh, you worked here for 16, 13.24 years. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to, I'm like, oh, do leap years? Like, how does that factor? Yeah, yeah, right. And then I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to do this. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I hope you didn't. I, I did not. So, uh, so yeah, so I hope that my job situation uh, changes in a positive way. Yeah. Uh, whether that means more money, maybe. Uh, you know, I'm right around that line that mm-hmm. people say, you know, after, after this Income. Income level, your happiness doesn't appreciably change. Yeah. And I'm right around there right now. And yeah. so, you know, if I if I got a, a large pay raise, would it impact the quality of my life? You know, sure, but not significantly. Yeah. And um yeah, uh, you know, if if it's a different job for less money, but it's a more fulfilling and uh, emotionally rewarding job, you know, maybe that's the solution. I don't know what it's going to look like. And part of my, uh, you know, hurdles, uh, for, for right now is figuring out kind of what that next step will look like or could look like. Right. I hear that. So, uh, so yeah, so that's kind of a hope for, for 2020. Nice. And, uh, we'll see, we'll see what shakes out. Well, I was going to say, this is, this is the thing I didn't, that I, that I didn't get to say when Ray was here because yes. I knew he would, you know, Ray likes to take any sentence I say and shit all over it. I actually had someone say to me, when you have Ray in the podcast, I always wonder like, does Ray like you at all? Because he's just so mean. Someone actually asked me that. Wow. A pro of nothing. Is that right? A pro pro? Apropos. Ap- apropos of nothing. Apropos of nothing. Yes. The person said that to me. By the way, the words I don't know how. Like, apropos? Have you ever seen the word, uh, like, I don't know if it's livery or livery, but like a limousine license plate, mm. L-I-V-E-R-Y. Don't know how to pronounce it. I don't no know idea. either. Yeah. Livery. Um, yeah, I didn't want to say this when Ray was on, but we usually talk about this in our 2019 wrap-up episode, but now we're talking about the end of the Brammies and Chammies, which is fine because it's personal. Yeah. Um. I think in terms of what we did on the podcast, what we did with live shows, hosting, uh, comedy stuff, I think we did a really cool, interesting series of things this year. It's varied, which extremely I think varied. Is- but our, you know, and this is going to be kind of just for people who know the podcast. But the pretzel live show we did, kind of branching out with the Avengers shows, branching out with the Spider-Man shows. I mean, even things like bringing Jiggy up to Rhode Island for the first time at the Comedy Connection to be part of our Spider-Man, sh- uh, our, yeah, Spider-Man show. To me, that's an important thing. Right. Uh, that, you know, hosting all the RF Food Fight stuff, I think is really fun. I think uh, the panels this year at Rhode Island Comic Con, like for me, interviewing Christina Ricci by myself was like a new hurdle for me. Right. Uh, to be on stage with someone like of that level of celebrity and, and fame and intelligence oh yeah and be able to kind of hold my own and be like in the moment and be down that was a big step for me that i, I didn't want to make it a big deal at the time 
but it is important to me that I could be up there and hang and do that and release it as something. Right. You know what I mean? I feel that oh, way. Absolutely. Um, and I'm sure you feel similarly about a lot of the, about oh, the tick panel. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and then the fact that we said, Hey, Brian O'Halloran, let's pull you into our weird comedy stuff. And just, you know, if you're down to do it, we're going to do it and, uh, <laughs> we're going to have fun with it. And he liked it and the audience liked it and all that stuff, that kind of stuff, taking the risk of doing the New York shows, the Connecticut show, the Boston shows, Connecticut shows in the Boston show, um, as well as all the different podcast stuff that we planned and had fun with, with all the different guests interviewing Joe list. Um, you know, even, even the episodes that were more just us joking around with Ray, with Lou and everybody. Um, I just think that we're, we are doing something where like, there's this really, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, is it a low barrier of entry? What's the word I'm looking for? You know, the phrase, Something barrier of entry. Okay. Is it low? Yeah, sure. What is it? What's that phrase? Do you know that phrase? uh, No, not really. Really? Not really. Basically what it means is like... Can we use hurdle? Because we've used that a ton. I'd like to keep it going thematically. The phrase is when something is easy to do. Okay. Uh, You know what I mean? Like in other words, a podcast uh, is really easy to do because it's just people with a... um, I, I think low barrier of entry. Yeah, I think this is something like that. It means that anyone with microphones can kind of sit around and say, me and my friends think we're funny. We're going to talk about movies. Yeah. And there are way too many podcasts. There's a million podcasts in the world. People are doing it. No one's listening. Blah, blah, blah. People say all this stuff. And although we do a podcast where we think we're funny and we talk about we movies talk about and movies um, and media and pop culture, I think that we have honed uh, a hosting skill and a, and a show skill and a, and a we're going to open this. We're going to explain this clearly. We're going to get from this to this. We're going to stay on this for long enough. We're going to keep people's interest. We're going to introduce people to things they don't know about. In, you know, Talk about things in a way that's relatable to other people. Interview people. Make things understandable. Be clear and communicative and, and make a, a fun, funny show. I think that those skills over the past 450 episodes over 11 years, I think that they have really progressed and we have a tight, fun show with a real soul and a real heart and a real specific uh, you know, structure to it and a yeah. real feeling to it. If Ray was here, that's where he'd cut in with a joke that has nothing to do with what I'm saying and ruin the momentum of the message I'm trying to give. Ah, the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 phenomenon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think Guardians of the Galaxy 1 ruined the message. Anyway, um, I think all that stuff in terms of doing our show has made it great and the outside stuff has made it great. Us trying these tours, doing even just the live shows at The Connection, talking about the experience of like trying to put together the Halloween show. Oh my goodness. Doing the live Christmas podcast with everybody, trying to exercise those muscles of new live comedy, experimenting with improvisational comedy and podcasts and live shows and touring. Um, the interviews, the live, you know, the, the panels, the pretzel comedy show thing that we did this year. Plus my involvement with Tell Him Steve, Dave, being able to talk about the behind the scenes of that stuff and have that continuing to grow during this time. Right. All the stuff that we do, I think that we are capturing a moment in time that we will look back on and say like, holy shit. Yeah. And I think that we never get the time to really appreciate that no. because we just always do it and always have done it. Right. You know, it's been 11 years since we've done this. Here's the crazy thing. Senior discount has been around for 15 years. The podcast has been around for 11 years. How is that? I don't know. Isn't that bizarre? Yes, it is. Um, and I think this year more than ever, we've pushed forward with this stuff and pushed into new directions and, and tried new things and experimented and, and said, let's give this a shot. Let's try this. Let's do this. And we've done a lot of great stuff. And I think that even though podcasts have this low barrier of entry, I think that we are at a level 
of performance and the specific thing we produce and all the stuff that we do that is very difficult to achieve. And I think we have something great. I agree. Yeah. Um, I, I like what we've done. I like that we took chances. Yeah. And, uh, like and it's great because even when we do, we fail or we, you know, we've always talked about the idea. There's winning. What is it? If you're not winning, you're learning. You're learning, right? Yeah. There's that, of course. But even when something dumb happens to us, like the pretzel comedy show or the show in New York with Casey and yeah. all that stuff and Jiggy and Lisa, um, we get to talk about it on the podcast and then it turns into a fun thing. Right. It turns into its own win. So we've like basically said like where life says there's no net. We're like, we built our own fucking net yeah. and it's our podcast and that's going to catch us every time we fall. Yeah. Um, and so it's an interesting thing, but I think that this is really special. If me and you die in a car accident tomorrow. Oh man. And for some reason it's sensationalized. Wait, who's driving? Let's, well, let's say it's uh let's see who, what would, what would be sensational? Ooh, uh, what's your name? Top mom. <laughs> Casey Anthony. Okay. Casey Anthony kills us both in the car accident. Wow. Right. And it's national news and people are like, who were Chuck and Brad? If they listen from episode one to episode 450, Bless they're going to be like, these guys had quite a ride. <laughs> right? Like, these guys did a lot. Of, like, how similar is Forrest Gump to our podcast? It's pretty weird. <laughs> Disturbingly similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Replace Nixon with Christina Ricci. Uh-huh. Right? Let me think. Who else? Um, gump, shrimp, poke. <laughs> um, but I really do. How think, does Tot Mom Casey Anthony fit into this? Don't you think if who they, kills Forrest Gump? If you took, if you took a random person that has no idea who we are, and they're like, listen from episode one of this podcast to episode four fifty, wouldn't they be like, what the wow, what wow? Like they'd be like consistently surprised with the new things that we do and then right. branching out and th- all this stuff that happens. It's just a lot. And we're collecting it in this gigantic diary of Chuck and Brad that I think is so impressively diverse. And are people that are really doing things and out there doing stuff. And I, uh, I think uh, we should be proud of it. That's it. I, I, I agree. I, uh, I, I don't love self-promotion. I know. I, I'm, I'm not good at it. Yeah, I know. Uh, from talking about it and yeah. because it sounds like bragging. Uh, ah, yeah. Just, uh, well, when you're like, oh, we did all these cool things. Uh, you had it recently on online where you said, oh, my podcast has done this, that, and the other thing. And somebody's like, that sounds like a brag. And you're like, no, these are just things we did. Did I do that? Uh, yeah, you had an argument with somebody on Reddit. Oh, boy. Remember yeah, that, that sounds like great. Yeah. It sounds like me, yeah. And, uh, and, oh, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember. So, so I don't I don't love so and, and even like handing out flyers for shows makes yeah. me feel uncomfortable. Like, hey, I'm doing this thing. And if you'd like to come, you can. But no pressure. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the right thing to do is just hand a person a flyer. So it's it's hard for me to kind of, you know, uh, puff up my peacock feathers. Yeah. And uh, and and be proud of them. Yeah. But like, you know, from time to time, thinking about all the things we got to do, looking through uh, our, our performance spreadsheet looking through the events we got to go to and, uh, and looking through the people we got to meet. Yeah. And, and I don't mean the, the celebrity, the comedians, the Mike Fenoya and Joe list and, and Brian O'Halloran, like just the people like yeah. the, the, the chubies, if you will. Yeah. Um, you know, or people we've gotten to interact with who are also podcasters. Yeah. Like these are all good. Even if we disagree with them on yeah. the best way to promote a podcast or the best, like, or, or, uh, this movie was good or this movie was bad. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Because yeah. like, 
the the value is in the interaction, and I've just really gotten a lot of joy. Yeah. Uh, over the past couple years uh, from those interactions. And, and even the Mike Fenoyas and oh, yeah, Joe yeah, List and all those people also, yeah. also you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't want to say like, oh, it's the people we meet, you know, the celebrities. Yeah, but like, yeah. you know, it's not just the celebrities. Yeah, right. No, I, I totally agree. Um, yeah, it's been crazy. And it's funny, when I was going into this, I was like, oh, live events is going to be tough. We did so much podcasting, film work, live shows this year that we didn't really do that much live, like go to that many live things. Then I looked and we did a fucking ton of stuff like that. Yeah, I feel we like every year is- a ton of events. Every year is like that. Yeah, yeah. where you're like, oh, and it's just, it's hard to see until you actually put it down on paper. Right, that's but, why uh, spreadsheets are great, folks. It's true. But yeah, no, it's been a crazy year of of uh, getting exposed to new people, meeting new people, getting to do new things that we never thought we'd be able to do. And another- year of progression, real true progression. That I feel that we have achieved consistently on the podcast, probably since we got serious in like 2000, what? 13. Yeah. 2012, 2013. Yeah. There. Yeah. So it's crazy. Um, and we appreciate everyone who listens, you we know, really do Chubies, uh, you yeah. know, the, the, the super fans, yeah. uh, or whether you're just checking this out for the first time, seems like an odd place to start, but we're yes. happy to have you. Oh, that's fine. Uh, go back and listen to episode one and start there and see if, as Chuck says, I think you would, you'd be like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> all the things that, I don't know. This is just funny. The, the, the milestones are hilarious. It's weird that you pulled tot mom, Casey Anthony. Um, here's why I pulled tot mom. Casey Anthony. Wait, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to lie. When you, when I heard the T sound, I was like, oh, all right. Well, Taylor Swift has a home in Rhode Island. That's Chuck's true. She could say kill Taylor us. Swift. She, you know what? I think much like you are more likely to die from a drug overdose than gigantism. Yes. We're more likely to die in a car accident with Taylor Swift than Top Mom. I guess. Yeah. Um, it could be any big celebrity like that, but I guess because Top Mom has already murdered someone and gotten away with it. Right. And now she's going to do a reality show. About having a baby. Do you know that? By the way, she allegedly murdered someone. Just throw that out there for our lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, I don't know why I just pulled Top Mom. I, by the way, I hate Top Mom. You know that? Yeah, I know. I hate that nickname. It doesn't I mean know. anything. It means kid mom. What does yeah. that mean? Nothing. Yeah, she's a mom with a kid. She killed the kid. It should be like murder allegedly. mom. Allegedly. Allegedly murdered the kid. Top murder mom. mom uh, doesn't doesn't Tot really alleged murder mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, um, but yeah. yeah. Chubies, we love you. Write in Chuck and, Chuck and Brad at gmail.com if you'd like. We'll read anything on the uh, podcast. Um, and I appreciate everyone that reached out after we said, hey, how, like, what do you like about our podcast? All the people that sell these nice things. A lot of people have been reaching out to me, I'd say in the past six months, random people at random times being like, love this episode. Thought yep. this was really funny. Love the Nan and Pop episode. Love the Christmas episode. Right. Um, and, I, and we appreciate it. You know, Spread the word if you can. If you can share the podcast, if you can tell a friend, that's how we're going to get this out to people. 2020 more podcast listeners more live shows world tour sponsored What's by that? coke and pepsi for the first time they shake hands What's that? like I... like disney and warner brothers for who frame roger rabbit are we roger rabbit yeah we're roger rabbit Why in this scenario this red dress? you're hetty haskell oh. i'm roger rabbit okay oh that's funny yes. jessica rabbit um Coke and Pepsi, they want equal time on screen, though. I don't know how they're going to make this make any sense to, at all. <laughs> oh, boy. You know, by, by the way, uh, drink Coca-Cola or, or Pepsi. They're equally good. <laughs> or as I say, drink Pepsi or Coca-Cola. They're equally good. <laughs> That's a, that would be really weird. <laughs> it's, it's the They're Equally Good tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're both good at different times. My voice is pretty shot right now. Me too. Uh, it's going to be an interesting day at work tomorrow. But yeah. uh, folks out there, thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Yeah. That's all I've got. 
That's all I've got. Deuces. Deuces.